Good morning, good evening, and good day. You're listening to Drama Buds, an anima podcast. So hello everyone, welcome to today's episode of Drama Buds, where I talk about my my surprising fave, my imperfect fave. You know how I am when I when I find these shows that I know are objectively not great, but they just made me feel so many things. And thus, like, I, I am unapologetic about how much I love the show, the same way that it is unapologetic about what it is as a show. So today we're talking about If You Wish Upon Me whose writer is a rookie, whose director is the director of The Cursed. I've never heard of this. And star is Ji Chang-wook. I've seen him in The Sound of Magic, Love Struck in the City. I watched half of Healer, still couldn't finish it. I'm sorry. And also stars Song Dong-il. We've seen him in, of course, the Reply series, in Live, It's Okay, That's Love, etc. So many. <laughs> I don't even know how many shows I've seen Song Dong-il in. And also Choi Soo-young, who I watched in Run On and Move to Heaven. So If You Wish Upon Me is about a hospice where a group of volunteers who are called Team Genie, they make the last wishes of their patients come true. And that's it. This is my flawed little show that I, I know objectively it's nothing new, right? It's nothing new and it has so many flaws, but I don't care because it made me feel things and it made me love the characters. Even if they're not perfectly written, I just, I loved it. So let's begin. Let's move on to the plot and characters. First, we have Yoon Gyore, played by Ji Chang-wook. This is the most traumatized K-drama lead I think I've ever had the pleasure of witnessing. So Gyore ran from his abusive father and ended up in an orphanage. And then he met Ha Jun-kyung, I'll talk about her later, who he sees as his little sister, but she's obsessed with him in every single way. And a lot of things happen. His life is just not great. He ends up in prison, okay? He just ends up in prison. And when he gets out of it, he crashes into Supervisor Kang and Nurse So on a mission to take their dying foundation head uh, onto his final wish. Gyore becomes their driver. And then he ends up doing community service and stays at the hospice. Uh, and he just grows begrudgingly attached to Team Genie and the patients. And he stays for good as much as the plot allows him to stay. <laughs> so from the very beginning, Gyore is not the typical cold and angry male lead, right? It's very clear that he is a traumatized little puppy that has been kicked too many times in the face and he is all bark. But the moment you show him any sort of affection, any kindness, he latches onto it. You know, he's, he's a little puppy that needs that affection. And this character, he has a criminal record. He's covered in tattoos. He dresses up like a gangster in all the typical ways that K-dramas present gangsters. But he just looks so deeply sad and lonely and like he's dying inside. Not physically dying like all of these patients, but he is dying inside. And he can't hide it from these people who feel so compelled to help him. And we move on to Kang Tae-shik played by Sung Dong-il. So he is the super Supervisor of volunteers at the hospice. And he used to be a patient there until he miraculously survived his cancer prognosis. 
typical Sungdong Il, you know, gruff but loving dad figure, and he immediately recognizes that there is an inner child in Yungyore that needs healing, and it's it's going to be the hospice that will give him that healing. And we also have Soyeonju, played by Choi Soyoung. She is a nurse at the hospice who also volunteers for Team Genie. So they're not required to carry out these final wishes, but Nurse Saw does, even if the other nurses and doctors think that she's overexerting herself and it's distracting her from her duties, but eh, she's able to manage it. So Yeonju's thing is that she's obsessed with getting physically stronger because, of course, sad backstory, she wasn't strong enough to carry her mother to the hospital when her mom was dying when she was younger. So that's why she's a gym nut. Honestly, most of Yeonju's role is just to support Kyore and to show him, you know, life is worth living and there's so much goodness in the world and so much goodness in him to let Kyore see that he is a good person who deserves to be happy as well. She has this tattoo on her arm that says, death doesn't end all. Uh, at least my interpretation of Gyora's interpretation of that is that death won't end all suffering, but it also doesn't end happiness and love and all the memories you share with people, like with the patients whose final wishes they grant. And she is the epitome of who Gyore could be if he's able to overcome his trauma and embrace the light and the goodness inside of him. But as a complete contrast to Yeonju, we have Hajun Kyung, played by Won Jian. Technically, she's not really considered a main character here. Or at least they didn't bill her as that. She's more of a supporting character. But I love her character so much, her whole development so much, that she she deserves the spotlight. <laughs> so Jun Kyung is the complete opposite of Yeonju. She's someone who's totally overcome by her trauma and her anger, and she chooses to weaponize it against Kyore. Because Jun Kyung was abandoned. She's felt abandoned since she was a child. People at the orphanage would say, oh, how could they leave such a pretty girl behind? And that has become this huge complex of hers because her worth as a human being is kind of in how beautiful she is. But even if she's that beautiful, apparently, she was still worthless enough to her parents to be left behind. And now she uses her beauty and her body to make money and to survive, but it makes her hate living. The owner's hat is like, beauty is all I have, and it forces me to do this one thing to keep me alive, but somehow I don't want to live anymore. And Jun Kyung is obsessed with Gyore as a friend, as a brother, as a lover. Like, <laughs> it's weird. That was such a weird line, but yeah, that she's just obsessed with him. She's just latched onto him because as a child he's one of the few people that showed her kindness without attributing it to her beauty he's never called her beautiful and that's another thing adding to her complex so it's like if i'm not beautiful to you will you also leave me as well that is my interpretation of that whole conflict Gyore does not reciprocate this by the way but she just threatens to kill herself if he leaves her it's it's so toxic so messed up and okay going back to death doesn't end all Jun Kyung thinks death will end all of their suffering and so she attempts to drag Gyore back into the darkness really and to end everything and all of their suffering together So 
So if you've listened to any of my other reviews and recaps, you know that I try to split it up into, okay, what's the good, the bad, the not so great, not so bad about the show. But the thing is, with If You Wish Upon Me, I feel like it's a mix, like a true mixed bag. Because some of the things that I think are really good, I could also say it's, it's not that good. Or others would say this is pretty bad. Do you get me, right? I, I will get into what makes all of this work eventually like why is this somehow still a good work for me later but just so you know this is a mixed bag objectively i know there's a lot that's not great about it but i just love it for those exact reasons you know why because if you wish upon me is unapologetic about what it is and what it wants to achieve And that's kind of what I felt about Business Proposal, right? Earlier this year. Where it's like, Business Proposal knows that it is a rom-com that isn't, you know, bringing a lot that's new to the table. But all they can do is just make things fun. To deliver on the chemistry. To deliver on the humor. On on even the cast chemistry. The friendships. The bromance. All we can do is give people a good time. Because we can't claim that this is groundbreaking in the rom-com world. All we can do is execute things well. So, for If You Wish Upon Me, this is a tearjerker melodrama that will use all the tropes from 2007. Okay, we have abusive parents. We have a traumatic childhood. We have orphans. We have childhood connection. Though, surprisingly, not the childhood connection you would expect. Everyone has a sad backstory. Everyone is pretty much just one trope. And that's okay. It's fine. Because everyone comes together to be good and kind and to show that life is worth living and humans are inherently good. It's it's that kind of show. And it, it leans into it so heavily that you just have to respect the fact that it knows what it is for the most part. Now, the first half of the show was so, so, so good because of all the patient stories. Like, predictable, you know, old people wanting to see their families one more time or wanting to go back to their uh, the home that they raised their families with or wanting to say goodbye to this and to that. Like, okay, so cheesy, so predictable, and then at the end of it, they're gonna die. I mean... That's the whole point of the thing. You know what's going to happen at the end. They're going to die. It's not about them miraculously saving the patient by, you know, letting them have a glimpse of their happy life in the past. But it just it just hits every single time. Okay, it got to me every single time. Like first five, six episodes, every single episode, I was crying. Okay? They are just so earnest about fulfilling wishes as Team Genie. Everyone is so fairy tale storybook levels of good and kind and warm team genie at least but it's just hard it's hard not to love them and root for them and it it got me crying over you know a family sharing a meal over people singing on stage it this show it knows man it knows how to get to you and i think what got to me personally immediately within the first one, two episodes even. It's just, this is found family in its truest form because for Gyore at least, they they literally fed him, gave him shelter, gave him a life to live and a family to live with. 
even gave him purpose, right? To, to be here, to take care of these patients or to grant them their last wishes. It's just, oh, it's, it's found family. And that's why it's so heartwarming. And there was even some complexity in the patient stories. I mean, yes, many of them were very predictable, but sometimes they did tackle a few not intense moral dilemmas, but moral dilemmas nonetheless. Like some wishes weren't really for the sick or for the dying, but for their loved ones. Like their loved ones claim that this this would be their last wish. You know, I I say so, but it's really it's revenge or it's wanting to get back at someone or wanting to find justice, something like that. But nothing nothing too deep, okay? And then sometimes the people that they're granting wishes for did terrible things in their lives and they were using their final wish to make themselves feel better for the terrible thing that they did. So is that still a wish worth granting? But then the show argues or other characters argue that there's no such thing as a good or bad wish. Like this is their final wish. We, we give them what they ask for. Kyore is the one who challenges that idea. But once again, never gets too deep into these things, okay? It, it does not, okay? It stays mostly on the heartwarming and really lovely side of everything. But, of course, they had to inject some sort of drama and we really could have done without this whole gangster story, right? And focused more on granting wishes or on Team Genie's backstories. Jun Kyung and Sok Jun. So Sok Jun is a gangster who they actually grew up with in the orphanage. Jun Kyung and Sok Jun, they're okay because they kind of fit into the vibe and the overall theme of the show, right? That traumatic childhoods, they don't define you and there's still some goodness in these people despite the rough lives that they've had to live. They're okay. But the rest of the gangsters, no. Instead, the rest of the gangsters just took so much screen time, right? And it became this dark and twisted story-ish. And Team Genie became less of a squad and more of just supporting characters. So I think that was a waste because they became, they're all very one-dimensional. But if we had more of them and just focus on the heartwarming part of the story, I think it would have been okay, right? Yeah, okay. Uh, Gyore is the only one who really faces a lot of development. That's, that's really fine. But okay, fine. You have to insert some dark plot or something with also one-dimensional villains and bad guys. So... Uh, it was just a, a bit frustrating, that aspect of the show. But what makes this show work? What makes all of these things work, no matter how one-dimensional the characters are, no matter how predictable the patient stories are, despite the supposed main plotline that honestly kind of ruined the vibe of the whole show, what makes it all work? It's Ji Chang-wook. It's all Ji Chang-wook. He is the glue, the beating heart of this show. He is why it works. He is honestly the only complex character with a journey. And Jun Kyung. Jun Kyung is a complex character to me. But even she is here to just serve his arc by showing him what succumbing to the darkness would look like. Uh, other characters, Yeonju, she has no arc. She's a great character. She's likable. She is fun to watch. She has... She does have some complexity, I guess, but she doesn't need to grow anymore. Like, she's a fully grown character. She's all good. No journey needed. She's just here to support the others. 
supervisor kang he's more of a guy with backstory but uh, growth not so much like he's set in his ways he just needs a little convincing he has some plot going on around him and a lot of backstory but yeah in terms of growth not so much so everyone is just here to push Kyore's arc and thank god Ji Chang-wook absolutely kills it because he deserves to be the core the heart the center of this show Talking about Yeonjo again, there is romance in the show. And it's not central to the story. But even if they started out with, you know, typical oh, bickering dynamic where they don't know each other, so they just, I don't know, are rude to each other, as, as one usually does in a K-drama. What makes this work for me personally is that they are both good, likable people who don't become immediately better or nicer just because they fall in love. They don't even fall in love in the typical K-drama way because it doesn't become the central point of their character. So even after they get together, officially, they're still the same as they were before, even to each other, even the way they treat each other. They care about each other because they are caring people, period. They still bicker, they still tease each other at times, and they still disagree about some things, but ultimately they want what's best for each other or what's best for the patient that they're taking care of or best for the people in Team Genie. And that's what I liked about the romance, where it felt like, oh, they're still the same people that they were before they ended up together. And like other shows where the moment two characters end up together, suddenly they're so lovey-dovey happy and the only conflict they have is when they eventually have to break up for some reason. I, I That didn't really happen with Yeonju and Kyore. For Supervisor Kang, he has such a great father and son dynamic with Kyore. And that's kind of a big theme of the show. No spoilers, but that is a huge theme of the show because they both lost their family at around the same time. And now they found it in each other. I told you, found family is the core of this show. You already know that Sung Dong Il is a great, gruff, but loving father figure. And then combine that with just the saddest puppy in human form, <laughs> which is Yoon Gyore, played by Ji Chang Wook. And it's perfect. It's really perfect. Perfect. The cast chemistry is really great. Even just uh, among the three of them, great cast chemistry. Now, Ji Chang-wook's performance, there's just so much vulnerability. Like, I instantly believe that he was just a lonely, sad person who still wants to hold on to hope and to live. And he's also so so endearing as a character, and Ji Chang-wook portrays all of that perfectly. Because he is such a pitiful but hopeful character, and Ji Chang-wook plays him so well. Everything works. Everything works because I believe that, yeah, Team Genie would gather around this person and try to help him. Yes, the patients would be endeared by this rough-looking guy who's actually secretly really caring to everyone around him. Like, I get why people love this guy. Because he's such a mess, but he's a, he's a lovely person. And I feel that at the core of him. Now, let me tell you, at episode 12, I put this at the top three of my list this year. That's how much I love the show. And I was saying, I am so scared for the last four episodes because if they mess this up, this is going to go so much lower on the list. And I don't want that. And I almost lost hope. I was really afraid at episodes um, 
yeah, 14, 15 were really, really, really rough. But thank God, this finale is one of the most satisfying closed finales in a while. You know how a lot of shows have open endings and they're mostly unsatisfying? And then sometimes shows have closed endings, but it doesn't feel earned or it still feels rushed. This is for once a closed finale that it, it's right that everything is tied up and wrapped neatly in a pretty bow. It, it fits. It fits with everything that we've been through and what the show is at the core. Because it went back to its roots of being this sappy, tearjerker drama. And, you know, they even brought back all the characters from the previous wishes. Like, oh, that's the family that owned the house. Or, oh, that's the boyfriend of the one who died. Something like that. And then all the good characters were shown, you know, moving on with their lives or taking steps to a better future for them. And then all the bad characters died or were arrested or just taken care of. Thank God they dealt with all of the gangster stuff that was really annoying in episode 15. So episode 16 was just pure fluff and resolution, conclusion. Because this show was never about the mystery or the suspense or taking down the gang that's been hounding Gyore from episode 1. It was about healing. It's about believing in the goodness in people. About caring for others. About finding family. It's about life and how death doesn't end all pain, but it doesn't end love and happiness either. So this show just went back to that core. And that's why it really does feel like a very traditional 2007, <laughs> 2000, that's too much, 2013-14 drama. Because that's how many traditional K-dramas were like. They had so many tropes and then some weird conflict with some really terrible bad guy without much complexity. And then all of that was dealt with in episode 15. So episode 16 was just fluff and happiness because that's what the show deserves. Right? I, I would complain about that with other shows. But for this, I think it earned that kind of fluffy, happy ending. Because that's what the show is at the core. To me, the trajectory of the show is kind of like 18 again. Where I know it's not a perfect show. I know it's not great, great. But it's also not bad, right? But it's special to me personally because of how things just wrapped up and really uh, doubled down on its theme. And what made this show so good and so heartwarming and so lovely to watch in the first place. So that's that's just what I felt about If You Wish Upon Me. And I'm happy with it. I'm very unapologetic about how much I really did end up loving this show. So, that's it for me today. Look, If You Wish Upon Me is not a perfect show, but this is still in my top 5. No, dare I say, my top 3 so far of this year. So imagine this. Number 1 is obviously my liberation notes. Number 2 is Pachinko. And number 3 is If You Wish Upon Me. The, the jump in quality, okay? Let's be completely honest here. The jump is huge. 
but I I told you this show knows what it is this show knows what it wants to be it lost its way a little bit and I theorize that it's because this is a rookie writer and you know KBS told them to just just add a little you know traditional drama just to keep things interesting just to add some mystery to keep people watching but like, it was not necessary it could have stayed completely heartwarming and you know just focused on Gyore overcoming his trauma somehow and dealing with it but didn't necessarily need to have all of the gangsters and the money and yeah stuff I don't want to spoil but I would still highly recommend it if you are looking for you know a very traditional K-drama experience with a few modern twists maybe it's not trying to reinvent the wheel it's not trying to do too much that's different or new but I, I do think it's I don't know. In in some ways, it is pretty well executed, and the most well executed is Yun Gyore. Cause if anything, if anything, just watch this for Ji Changwook finally showing people and reminding people that he can act, that he can act like hell. He just has terrible luck with projects, and some will say this is also a bad project because the ratings weren't great. But I disagree because he did a killer job here and. This is his best work. I watched Half of Healer and I know people say that's his best work, but at least to show off his acting, like he's matured in, in the eight years since Healer. He he deserves to have some time to shine with this project. So yeah, that's it for me today. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you soon. Thanks for tuning in. Feel free to leave a comment, like, subscribe, follow, and tell me what you thought about today's episode. See you soon!